Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star double-rated astronavigatrix. Uh, 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 what? Space, herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! Welcome, listener, to StarCraft. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. In this episode, we'll discuss This Island Earth, a sci-fi movie from 1955. My name is Eva. And my name is Linnea. So, this was your pick, Linnea. Would you like to delve into a little bit why you <laughs> chose it um, for an episode? Well, partly because it's quite easily accessible. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Um, and because I had it on DVD at home. But also because it's a very... It, it's uh, As far as 50 sci-fi films goes, I think this one is quite visually interesting. Um, and also very... Very typical of the decade uh, that it's made in, and I think that's make it um, uh, an experience worth talking about in this uh, podcast. Absolutely. It is definitely very 50s, but in a good way, in my opinion. Uh, had you seen it before? Or was this the uh, first viewing? Yes, once. Mm. But it was many years ago, so I only had vague memories of it. Uh, but I had seen it once, yes. Can you recall kind of what your first um, sort of initial reactions was to it? Um, well, I have it, the, the DVD that I have is in a box set with other classic 50s move, sci-fi movies like um, The Day the Earth Still and, and similar. Um, and I think at the time I was sort of in the mood where I watched a lot of these films. Um, so I think I sort of went into it having already seen several similar films mm. and having already formed favorites. Um, like uh, uh. Forbidden Planet is a big favorite of mine and this one did not quite live up to that mm. but I still enjoyed it for what it is you know it's mm. not bad it's just it's not a personal favorite you know mm. yeah fair enough fair enough can definitely see that happening once you've seen a few like mm -hmm. you say Forbidden Planet um, but why don't we get into a little bit of what it's about well it starts off with a very famous scientist being interviewed by uh, a lot of photographers and uh, journalists and we establish or it's established that he is a scientist directed towards uh, the atomic energy uh, at like radioactive atomic stuff mm -hmm. for some reason I can't think of, think of a better word for that right now but <laughs> you get the gist yeah uh, and he's sort of like this is the future and it's very like this is the future ahead and once we marry electricity with radioactivity atom science we'll just have bright <laughs> things ahead of us yes 1955 so then <laughs> then uh, we're uh, taken to his lab his laboratory where he is uh, delivered a package in the at the door and it has instructions to put together a machine. And him and his assistant, the name of the doctor is, by the way, uh, Meacham, Dr. Meacham. They put the machine together. And as it sort of starts up, it's essentially Skype, futuristic Skype happening. 
and it's a man with white hair and very elongated forehead and he uh, introduces introduces himself by the name of Exeter and he tells Dr. Meacham that you will be put on a spaceship and once you arrive to me I will let you in on some stuff and we will do science together. That's basically it. If there's anything you want to chime in on. <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> but that's I, good. That's basically it. And then the, he's like, the Exeter is like, put put the manual on the table. And they're like, okay, we're putting the manual on the table. The manual that put together the strange Skype machine. And he incinerates it, Exeter, with his machine. And the machine itself blows up. So basically there's nothing pr- really proving that this even existed. So without... Dr. Meacham going to and sort of discovering this place, going to the plane with them to meet up with Dr. Exeter. There's nothing proving really whatever happened. So he needs to do science, explore. And that's what he do, but that's what he does. So he gets up, uh, gets on the plane and he is taken to Georgia, USA. Not very glamorous, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And he's being greeted by a, another doctor, and her name is Ruth. And they figure out, well, he's, he figures out that they're all in the atomic energy science. Because he gets taken to a house, and all the other scientists there are as well in the same area of expertise, so to speak. And he finds that a bit curious. And there's also something going on with this Dr. Ruth and the other scientists. And as he's sort of able to take them into his new fresh lab that he's given by Exeter, <laughs> because Exeter wants him to do science just as he would usually, business as usual, essentially. They sort of inform him that they're kind of being held hostages there. Something fishy is going on. And... This sort of culminates in Exeter and his minions finding out that there is sort of like plot going on to, you know, make the scientists being able to escape this uh, farm lab thingy. And uh, as this happens, scientists are shot to pieces with rays <laughs> and it's explosions everywhere and there's at one point they're swimming in the water and it's just chaos and a car is being you know it's mental so but they're being taken captive by exeter once more and he says you have to come with me so they're taken to another ship a spaceship but this spaceship is not like the regular old autopilot plane that they go to the farm with no no this is regular old ufo style <laughs> we're talking uh tfart <laughs> flying saucer thank you <laughs> regular old flying saucer yeah really appreciated that i think that would look, look so so typical and quaint and i loved it <laughs> yes and uh, <laughs> and we're introduced to more strange, eccentric-looking characters like Exeter. And, I mean, cats out of the bag. They're aliens. And Exeter and Dr. Ruth are being taken to their home planet. And once they get there, they're shown the planet in all its glory. And they're still being battered by comets or meteors or something continuously. 
And Exeter tell them, tells them that, well, I captured you or I kidnapped you or lured you, you scientists, um, because what's keeping this shield around our planets, the thing that is keeping the comets from actually hitting the ground, a few of them gets by the field, but not enough, of, but not enough to destroy the entire planet. But what's keeping this field going is atomic energy. And that's why we needed you guys to do science and eventually bring uranium to our planet because we don't have enough and the shield is disintegrating. And that's what happens once they're on the planet. It's very obvious now that they are captives. They're even being like taken away with by a um, sort of strange looking creature that's been bred for the sole purpose of being like a prison guard. Uh, the planet is just going up to bits. It's being bombarded by the comets and there's nothing more to do, basically. So they escape and Exeter escapes with them and he pilots the ship to back to Earth. And there, Dr. Exeter, no, Dr. Meacham and Dr. Ruth are being let out and the ship that, that still has Exeter on it blows up. So really the doctors, the scientists, don't, they don't have anything else but a story to tell. There's no proof of anything, but they had, do have a nice lunatic story to tell. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of details you could add into this recap, definitely. But is there anything spontaneous you think that I've missed that's important? No, I think you covered the important things. Um, and for anyone listening out there, Based on this summary, I think you can kind of guess that this is the most 50s of all 50s sci-fi yeah. films. It's so, so very typical for the decade. Mm. Uh, and I say this l as someone who loves 50s sci-fi films, you know. I, it's it's just... It's the 50s sci-fi films. And I don't mean that it's necessarily the best one. It's just the most... Mm. Um, typical one for for the time period uh in many ways you know the themes regarding uh atomic energy and nuclear power and all that, that they oh nuclear about. that was the one of them. <laughs> thank god thank you thank you nuclear yes sorry <laughs> got excited uh, you know you you're watching that and you're just like oh my god this is such a 50s film yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but, it, but it, it's kind of great also for what it is i think mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I do I do like it. I don't think it's perfect, but I like it. Yeah, but there's a lot of like... Even though like this specific movie couldn't have been done in any other era, but mm -hmm. there are a few themes that are just so 50s, but then also things that we have sort of kept doing in movies. And that would be like, for example, First Contact. This is basically First Contact mm -hmm. with aliens. Uh, and that's being explored. And there's also being kidnapped by aliens with their ulterior motives. <laughs> there is strange looking aliens, but they still look kind of human. Also very 50s in my opinion. And there's <laughs> a guy in a rubber suit which looks hysterical. <laughs> but to, honestly, he does look kind of scary, especially like the close-ups. So in my opinion, it, it, that, that thing works for me at least. Mm. Sort of like a cross between... The aliens from Mars attacks and a praying mantis mm. sort of looking mm. fella mm -hmm. and also like just like the belief in science to sort of science their way out of a situation like the one on on, um, on the home planet of the aliens mm -hmm. so there's just I mean there's definitely a few other things like the flying saucer 
is also very 50s. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think this movie has quite a lot in common with another 50s movie that we've seen here for the podcast, which is Plan 9 from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Plan 9 is known for being a very bad film, but I think both of us really enjoyed it and thought it was entertaining. Definitely. Um, and production-wise, This Island Earth is, is of course, a better film, <laughs> but they have a lot of the same, um, the same tropes and the same... Um, Uh, style choices and you know they both have flying saucers and it's just uh, you know they 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 have a lot of in common um and i think it was sort of nice to 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 look at them and compare them and say you know oh (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know this 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 is the kind of movie that edward wanted to make this is what he saw and inspired him um so it's it's uh, an important film i think yeah for that reason absolutely absolutely and it's it is like you say nice to compare the two um but if we're stopping a little bit by the whole production thing this movie looks good in my opinion it looks very 50s but it doesn't look cheap or anything Mm -hmm. like that it looks like they did what they could with possibly a limited budget but it's still believable and for example i really enjoyed the uh, the home planet where you have the the models of the home planet and yes. you sort of have it uh, it's kind of like a swiss cheese and the the city in itself or like the um, the buildings and things like that is sort of underneath this crust cheese crust <laughs> sort of um. i don't remember if if the Swiss cheese was the uh, field or if it was that the planet sort of had this um, oh, this cheese crust on top of it. I don't know <laughs> if they sort of just lived underground. No matter, it was really a neat effect when they were going over over the home planet and you could ha- you had this cheese and then you had the city moving underneath because they were huge difference like a huge difference of length between those two so that was something i really appreciated for example and the yeah. um the matte paintings i believe mm-hmm. it's called yeah also phenomenal so there is a lot of eye candy but it is sort of confined to the latter portion of the movie mostly yes um, yes like i said sort of like in my in my summary there but the part in georgia it's fine because there's you're sort of exploring why what is going on here? Like, what's really... Why are we here? Who are these alien people looking strange? So it's interesting in that regard. But there, it, there's not enough... Like, there's not as much eye candy there that you have in the latter portion. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, I honestly... I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you that there, there's quite a bit of eye candy in the latter part of the film and uh, some really good-looking good sets and everything. Um, I kind of feel like they could have played that up a little bit more because the suits that they have once they're on the spaceship uh, are kind of boring. They're very grey. Um, yeah, it's very tight suits, but just just boring in, in color and design. I think they could have made something a little bit more exciting with those, but that's, that, that's a nitpick, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's mostly like the models and the other things that I enjoyed. Um, but what I will say, like the first half of the movie, I would say is my favorite anyways, because that's when there's still a lot of mystery going on and you don't really know where this adventure is sort of 
which direction it's going to take. So I did really enjoy enjoy that aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think yeah. of like the themes in general? Like, do you think that it's interesting today, really? To now I'm sort of phrasing it like I know what you're going to say, but <laughs> do you think that the themes and the questions and the like the whole nuclear thing is it interesting today to modern audience or what would you? If you just look at the surface about. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the the nuclear power and the sort of um, research into that and how the aliens uh, would want to use it and things like that. That part I don't think is necessarily interesting today. I think we've, we've sort of moved beyond that part where the, just the phrase nuclear power is exciting. It's not quite exciting anymore. Yeah. It's, it's everyday things, basically. Mm. Um, but if you look more deeply into the themes there is of course the theme of war in this film you know Mm. the aliens are at war with another alien species and we're sort of investigating the consequences of that and how the humans play into into that uh, as as a kind of neutral party that part i think is very timeless that part is still enjoyable today and could be Mm. Um, explored in a modern take of this film definitely yeah, yeah interesting I, I love that you bring that up because I mean you have to correct me if I remember wrong here but I, I don't believe that the let's call them, them the evil like the attacking evil aliens mm-hmm. I don't recall if they were ever made aware of the fact that there were humans I don't think getting so. involved. No. We didn't get to see anything of them. Basically. Oh, okay, yeah. But then I remember correctly, but because I think it would have been interesting if there had been a hint to the fact that the humans might have been pulled into a uh, to a dispute or whatever that wasn't theirs. But mm-hmm. now those aliens have sort of like, hmm, who are those guys? Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we want their resources. <laughs> I mean, it's not super yeah. original either, but it would have made that whole interaction, like them going to the home planet, a bit more impactful because then you would have been left well with sort of like, yeah, the the two humans here, they survived, but what did they bring with them in the far mm-hmm. future? Like... Mm-hmm. Are we going to be the one, the planet that's being attacked like the home planet did? You know, mm. uh, maybe something like that would have been a bit more. Yeah, made it a bit more interesting, maybe. Yeah, but like yeah. you say, the theme of war. Absolutely. I think that'll never be not um, important to no, human no. experience, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. Well, I also kind of uh, want to bring some attention to, I think, pretty much the only female character in the mm. film. The only female of, of importance, anyway. Hey, hey uh, let, let's not forget <laughs> the alien secretary woman who sits in the ship for like one second. True, yes, true. Just yeah, want to mention in there her. Too. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also talk, talking about uh, Ruth, uh, Dr. Adams, a.k.a. the love interest, a.k.a. the damsel in distress. Uh, because at least for the latter half of the film, she's kind of uh, useless, in my opinion. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Ebba. <laughs> well, um, I would agree to you that in the latter half, she is sort of 
useless in sort of like a physical way at least um she can't for example outrun the very slow moving injured alien when it's sort of sneaked up on the uh, on the saucer that they were leaving the home planet with um she's worthless there definitely but uh, i do feel like she's the one who sort of introduces dr meacham to sort of whatever is going on back in georgia and she sort of has to navigate those waters and sort of like her and another scientist like staying alive because the other scientist there has been put through things once they've sort of stepped out of line so she's being smart in my opinion uh, unfortunately like a lot of characters to be honest in this era she gets sidelined once there's a strong male <laughs> mm-hmm. in the movie so she's not being um addressed as much as dr meacham is for example Mm. and i haven't seen like there wasn't any proof or whatever you want to call it like that his science was more important than anybody else's in georgia Mm. to my knowledge it's it was mostly like oh now now i've gathered all of them all the important ones so in fairness she should be treated as equally important to him yeah yeah you know totally agree yeah yeah so worthless Maybe, but not definitely. <laughs> That's kind of how I would put it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, sorry, you were going to say something. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, some good points there. Um, yeah, I, I think sort of as a conclusion, we we can say that she, her character is not explored or exploited to her full potential, pretty much. Definitely. And she she sort of falls into some some very tropey and stereotypical uh, yeah. holes in the end, unfortunately. Yeah, it's um, it is it is a problem when you have characters and they're not given anything to do, and that's basically her character mm. as soon as they enter the alien saucer. <laughs> then she's just tagging along, essentially. Mm. So our next segment then is one of our standard segments and that is uh, replace an actor to improve the movie and the premise here is you're in a time machine and you can bring any actor from any era to replace one actor in this film. Who would you bring, Eva? Well, last week we talked about Excalibur mm-hmm. and uh, in Excalibur, I can't recall if we mentioned that because it's been a week or two weeks, <laughs> But uh, Patrick Stewart was in that movie. So yes. I'm thinking I'm going to bring Patrick Stewart, 1981 Patrick Stewart, with me <laughs> in the time machine. And I'm thinking of either replacing Dr. Meacham with him. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm replacing Dr. Meacham uh, with, Pat, with Patrick Stewart. I can't recall the name of the actor that played Dr. Meacham. But I want to replace him with Patrick Stewart because I do think that the actor that played Dr. Meacham, he's very typically 50s male and he has this very sort of dark like deep brooding man voice um, but he's talking in quite a choppy way and i don't know if you've seen garth Meringue's dark place it's no, no i haven't no. it's a comedy series from the oos it's mm-hmm. hilarious uh, it's on youtube i believe so you can look it up if you want to and one of the characters there is talking in a very 
theatrical way, theatrical mm-hmm. manner, and I kind of got that vibe from uh, from Dr. Meacham. <laughs> so I kind of want to replace him with someone who has a lot of experience in theater, but does it in a completely different way, and that would be mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart. And also, who yeah. can get enough of him? So that's why I'd replace him with. True, true. <laughs> and I think it's a good choice also because of Patrick Stewart is, is of course, known for playing Picard. And I think this Island Earth in many ways is like a proto-Star Trek mm. um, movie. Uh, I think there's a lot of choices and style um, elements from this Island Earth that sort of made it into Star Trek later on. Um, the, the the inheritance of this island Earth mm. is partly uh, in Star Trek, I think. So that's a really good yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, I have to confess, I don't have a good <laughs> oh, suggestion for this you. one. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think, I mean, we talked about s- some of our problems with the characters themselves, such as uh, Ruth's character. Um, but I think the actors does a good job. I don't, mm. I don't necessarily think I would... Um, fault her for that no 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 exactly um and and the i think i mean the premise for this epi- for this part is to replace an actor um to maybe improve the movie and mm. i'm not actually sure if that can be done because the improvements that i want to make is are not necessarily connected to the actors so uh i'm just gonna leave it as it is in that in in, in that aspect yeah, but sort of shuffling things around a little bit just because you're sort of getting into that. Um, we usually end with this question, but do you think that this should be remade in 2020? And I am, of course, sort of getting at what you'd maybe want to improve then if it was remade. So what would you say to that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... If we are we are sort of thematically remaking it and not necessarily like in every detail we're making it, um, maybe I would make Dr. Meacham a woman instead and uh, give some more agency to the, mm. the female characters in the film. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I haven't really thought this through exactly. Mm. But uh, it could be interesting, you know, mm. introduce some new di- dynamic um uh dynamic that is more more modern i suppose uh because the uh, dynamic beque- between the characters and between the genders in the original version that we are talking about um uh, are very very 50s and very not necessarily what we want today so mm. i guess i would i would change that somehow yeah um Definitely, I think doing a switch like that does change up the dynamic in a more modern way. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be do do some, do this movie some good if there was ever going to be a remake in sort of like changing things up a bit. And I would also maybe have them go to the planet a bit earlier, maybe. Um, mm, because yeah. I kind of like the idea of scientists being kidnapped because of their science. Um, I think you could explore that a little bit and sort of like, mm. would they refuse to do that if they knew what it was for? Or would they, you know, like, how would they, what would they do? And, you know, maybe have it be nuclear. Why not? It's so outdated and it's not something 
science fiction is dealing with it today. But mm-hmm. why not? Maybe it's mm-hmm. time for resurgence. Maybe it's time to have this sort of conversation again. But um, yeah, why not, I guess? <laughs> mm. So uh, yeah, that was uh, Replace an Actor to Improve the Movie. And uh, we had some, some really good discussion there. And also we sort of touched upon um, if we thought this should be remade. Uh, but our next segment is argue why this should win a Gordon. And Gordon is, of course, our version of the Oscars. And we make up the categories as we like. And Ebba, why do you think this should win a Gordon? Well, I think that this island Earth should win a Gordon for sort of like the best futuristic vision of Skype (laughs) back in the 50s. (laughs) It's essentially Skype, but it's with an alien and it's a huge television screen. Um, So that's why I think it should win a Gordon. (laughs) Yeah, good choice. Good choice. Um, I think there are actually several parts of this film that that deserves to be um, recognized in this way. But I think I'm going to go with um, saying that it has some really good uh, alien uh, designs and I'm I'm not necessarily talking about Exeter and his kind of alien, I'm talking about the mutants that they had mm. on the planet uh, as sort of their slaves pretty much mm-hmm. uh, and they are these big sort of insect-like creatures and they look very alien and they are strange and they are beautiful and uh, I love them and I think they deserve to win a Gordon. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Highlight of the movie to be honest, yeah. yeah. Love them, love them. <laughs> yeah so finally i'm interested in knowing if you have any recommendation for double feature something that would be nice to watch with this movie yeah i actually think there are several um other 50 Hmm. sci-fi films that are worth seeing with this one um uh, I mean, the day just is still, if we're talking like first contact mm. stories. Um, and if you want the space adventure, uh, similar to the second half of this island Earth, I would think Forbidden Planet is a really good choice. Um, and I would also maybe say check out some early Doctor Who episodes. Ah. Uh, because I actually, f- I, I think that Doctor Who actually owes a bit to... Maybe not this movie specifically, but this kind of movie. Mm. Um, the the adventure in this film could very much have been an adventure for for Doctor Who. Oh um, yeah, I could see that definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and if you sort of want to um, dig a little deeper into uh, the lore uh, of this kind of adventure, I think uh, Doctor Who is a good uh, good choice. So so classic sci fi films from the fifties. Pick any one, pretty much that you <laughs> are interested yeah. in, uh, and watch it with this island Earth, and also some Doctor Who. That, yeah, that is my suggestions. Great suggestions. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going with a modern choice. Uh, I'm thinking of Arrival from a few years back, and you might think, well, why the f would you choose? <laughs> that one but i think there's some common things between them and that is definitely like the first contact element Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the whole trying to understand what the alien wants and scientists Mm. doing science uh, albeit like a bit different you know the the sort of why they do what they do the scientists in the movies but i still think that it could be kind of interesting to compare the two movies dealing with aliens and humans meeting and sort of having to solve some sort of problem in the future together and just looking at them 
60 years apart what's changed what hasn't you know what do you prefer why Mm -hmm. could be sort of interesting arrival is an excellent movie in my opinion i really like that one so just in general it's a good movie so yeah that'd be my suggestion Mm. yeah good suggestion um arrival is in in recent memory it's one of the more unique first contact films Mm. i think that i've seen so uh, yeah yeah, it's great definitely yeah Uh, i like it too um, so, um, listener, have you seen this island Earth? Well, you can see it on YouTube and then uh, tell us what you think of it. Uh, so go to our Facebook page, Starcrash Podcast, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. Uh, and also check us out on Instagram, uh, where we are also Starcrash Podcast. And uh, join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about the Messiah of Evil. Ooh. <laughs> God, that was lame. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>